You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Well... There's news. There's news as the Bears get ready to head into this Sunday night matchup against the Packers. And that news is Mitchell Trubisky is back as the Bears starting quarterback. I think that this would have been the case even if Nick Foles was healthy enough to practice. He has not been healthy enough to practice. So he has been listed as doubtful for the game on Sunday night. So I imagine the Tyler Bray will be the backup guy. If anything happens to Mitch, you remember hurt his shoulder running that run play against the Saints a few weeks ago. But he's been practicing all week with no limitations. So he is going to be your starting quarterback. So before we get into the preview like we ordinarily do, let's hear from Mitch. And in there, there is a little bit of preview that is important. But here's Mitchell Trubisky on what it was like to be benched or anything I was caught off guard um I think in the beginning of the season I was just starting to build some momentum um and then it, it kind of felt like a blind side and um then I decided to embrace a new role in the first couple of days it, it sucked being in that role but um I, I was trying to just continue to keep perspective and think long term and um uh, I want to I want to play in this league a long time and if I want to do that there's things I just need to continue to get better at and, uh, and at that point, I just changed my mindset to embrace practice. Um, I was doing my job in the scout team, just trying to give a defense a good look, taking a lot of pride into that and preparing them for the weeks. And defense has been playing really, really well. And uh, I felt like I was a part of that being on scout team and, and just leading those guys on the scout team and giving them good looks. Um, and, and I did feel during those weeks, I, I got better as a player, just testing different throws, leading the offense and, and, and seeing a lot of good looks from our defense and going against them. So. Um, it was tough. It, it was an adjustment, but I was always hopeful for another opportunity. Hey, Mitch, uh, you obviously have faced Mike Patton's defense a few times. What are kind of some of the things, like the hallmarks of that defense, some things you're kind of expecting to see on Sunday night? Yeah, they, they've thrown a lot of different stuff at us over the years, and that's kind of what we're expecting. To They're going to try to confuse us in the back, back end, get after us up front with, with, their, with their rush, and um, just trying to confuse the quarterback and us on offense. Uh, play predominantly zone and and make us find those windows and, and, and throw on time and um, just be um, very um, disciplined in our route running and we got to be on the same page so we're expecting to see a lot of different looks uh, we got a lot of respect for this defense and coach Petten uh, and what he's done over the years but uh, when we get our opportunities we got to take advantage and, and find ways to score points scoring points has been one of the biggest problems that the Bears have had when you uh, it, I'm not even gonna we don't have to dig into the numbers you know that the only offense that's worse than the Bears right now is the New York Jets. That's right. The New York bleeping Jets are the only offense that's worse than what the Bears are. I do want to focus in on what Mitch was talking about when it comes to Mike Pettin, because Mike Pettin is one of those defensive guys that does understand that you don't just play a system. You play the team that's in front of you. Unlike Matt Patricia, who's just like, we're going to do what we do. Patton understands, well, if we're playing a quarterback who's not good against the blitz and is not good when he sees man coverage, then we'll do that. What's Mitch not good at? He's not good at drop seven, drop eight. 
forcing teams to play coverage. And you heard Mitch talk about it there. You heard him say, well, you know, they like to do a lot of stuff on the back end. Yeah. They will drop people out to try and confuse him. And that's been his biggest weakness as a quarterback in his career has been that he struggles to see what defenses are trying to do to him. It is incumbent upon him. I, I don't know if a guy not getting starters reps can improve by being on the bench. I'm, I don't think that there's any real precedent for it, especially in this short of a time. Maybe if, if you are someone who is getting work while not getting work, if that makes any sense. Like it's, it's going to be difficult to think that he's going to be better. I guess you can look at the motivational aspect of it of he was benched. Maybe he, he has learned now not to do some of the things that got him benched. But honestly, Nick Foles has played way worse than what Mitch did to get benched in that Falcons game. Way worse. I think that it's going to be an upgrade to have Mitch back, as weird as that sounds, at the quarterback spot, even though he is going up against a defense that will, because of their their D.C., will try to confuse him. Now, the Packers' defense hasn't been great, and they have folded in quite a few games. I think it's the thing that's going to keep them from not being legitimate championship contenders. I think they can end up in a very similar situation to last year where they end up in the playoffs, and maybe they even win the division, but no one believes that they can win the Super Bowl even with one of the greatest quarterbacks who's ever lived. They're limited defensively. They should have gone and gotten help. They should have gone and gotten linebacking help. They should have gone and gotten an extra receiver to line up next against Devontae Adams, and they didn't do it, and that's why they're in this position. I truly believe going into this game that there is hope for the Bears to win it. I wouldn't bet on the Bears, but they could prepare this week being hopeful on a couple different fronts. One of those fronts is we got a better quarterback now than what we had last week with Mitch out there. He at least gives you another thing that you have to be worried about if you're Mike Pettin, and that's his escapability. And I'm not talking about Mitch going for a 40-yard jaunt. I'm talking about him getting to the outside as the pocket breaks down and being able to make a play down the field. That's his connection with Anthony Miller his connection with Allen Robinson. He's more connected to those guys than Nick Foles is. And Allen Robinson, by the way, been balling out the last few weeks. And I know it's hard to say that when the offense doesn't produce, but he's made incredible contested catches over the last month. Anyway, one of the byproducts of Mitch being back is an improved run game. And I know that sounds weird, too, because they don't run the ball and they didn't run the ball particularly well when Mitch was quarterbacking. But there's a difference. Nick Foles is uncomfortable under center. He's more comfortable in pistol or shotgun. Mitch used to be like that. He's gotten more comfortable. You've heard me talk about this quite a bit. I think that they should run what the Rams run with Jared Goff. And that means using the run game and, it, and the I formation, the, the secret weapon, the I formation. He didn't come here to run the I formation. Use that and then 
play action and bootleg off of that. It's very simple. It's simple football. But here's the great thing about football. It doesn't have to be complicated. If you look at what the Rams are doing, they're not doing anything complicated because I don't think their quarterback could calculate all of that stuff. I'm not a big Jared Goff fan if you haven't figured it out. I think that he's fine. I don't think there's I don't think he's trash. I just don't think that he's very good. And what Sean McVay has done is covered up his deficiencies. That's all Matt Nagy has to do with Mitch. Cover up his deficiencies and give yourself a chance. But the run game actually improves because Mitch is better under center. J.J. Stankovitz, when I had him on this week, he explained it like this. Well, Lawrence, I think it was interesting. One of the numbers I found here was that the Bears are not running a lot. Like when they are under center, they are not running fewer run plays. And when they're in shotgun, they're not running significantly more running plays. The problem is that they're just the, the, the shotgun under center balance is so out of whack that from a, a rate standpoint, yeah, when you're under center, teams are going to know they're probably running the ball here with Nick Foles in there, and they're just under center a lot less. So it makes it a lot easier to prepare. Hey, they're going under center. Okay, it's pretty rare that they do that at this point, about one in every four snaps, and when they do it, about two in every three of those snaps are going to be a run. So we can reasonably say when they go under center, they're probably going to run it. That is, that is, they, they've become a little bit too predictable. And this has been a problem with Matt Nagy's offense the last two years is that there have been tendencies that have been easy to defend that have not been corrected by the coaching staff, by the, by the people developing the game plan and the scheme every week. Matt, the whole point of Matt Nagy's offense is to be unpredictable, yet they've fallen into this trap now two consecutive years where there are some very predictable things that do make it relatively easy for a defense to say, all right, you know, it's one of these two things. You know, I, I was talking to Chris Sims from NBC Sports today for a podcast segment, and he said the Bears' run game is really easy to defend because it's only two or three plays. It's not this expansive, creative run game it's just a couple of different plays i think we know what they are and when you don't do them well it's very easy to defend that and and the power run game you can run two or three different plays if you can if you got the blocking up front and the running back to do it the bears have not the blocking up front maybe they have the running back to do it but you can't run a power run game the way the bears are operating their offense and with the personnel on this offense so they have to try something different i think that means going back to mitch and at least having the option of a quarterback who can run as well as getting under center a little bit more. So we know that Mitch is going to do that. And I hope that it means that their offense is going to be better. The other thing, David Montgomery is out of the concussion protocol. So you have a real running back to give the ball to. At some point, we need to discuss whether or not David Montgomery is good. I'm sure that there are mitigating circumstances when you look at how bad the offensive line is and how inconsistent the quarterback is. I think that there is a question on when it comes to running backs, and I feel bad because I feel like as a position group, they have become devalued. But part of the reason that they've become devalued is you could pretty much find a guy to do what David Montgomery has done, and you didn't need to draft him one. And you definitely didn't need to trade to move to draft. You know what I mean? Like that. There's plenty of free agent running backs that can do 
what David Montgomery has done for the Bears. And if you're saying, well, Lawrence, we haven't seen the best version of him yet, check the shelf life on a running back and all the hits and injuries that he's already had. It's strange to say, but you're already running out of time. Anyway, those two things will be elements into the game that I think are important. You have a change of quarterback. You have your top running back back. Now, when you look at the Bears injury report, though, besides Foles, there's a lot of injuries. They're, they're banged up in ways that I was not expecting them to be coming off the off week. So there, there's something to, to be said for there being injuries on your offensive line. And I know that we all think that their offensive line is not very good. And it's not. But that doesn't mean that you want, you want the replacements for the not very good offensive line out there. And you don't want guys to be hobbled as they're getting ready for what is an important rivalry game. We'll see. Let's flip it over. Let's talk Bears defense versus Packers offense because this is probably the game right here. What can you do to slow them down? Well, if you looked at the Packers game last week, in the second half, their offense went to sleep. They had scored 28 points in the first half of that game and then just went to sleep in the second half. They don't have a secondary target. Valdez Scantling, he... He's, I, I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be. I just think that he would be a perfect number three guy. If you like, if you had, if you took Allen Robinson and put him on the Packers, and you had Allen Robinson and Devontae Adams, and then you had Val, Valdez Scanling as your other guy, that becomes a deadly trio. I just don't think that he can take the volume of being the second guy. What the Bears have got to do is that they've got to figure out how to slow down Aaron Rodgers. Can you get there with four? How much blitzing do you have to do? Can you leave Kyle Fuller on Devontae Adams? Can he just roll with him wherever he goes? Anthony Heron offered this when I asked him to blueprint a win for the Bears. Here's what he said. If if you can if you can force Aaron Rodgers to consistently, he he will be willing to consistently throw the ball into traffic. And I think that for for the Bears defensive backs, for for Kyle Fuller, for Jalen Johnson, you know, like where Johnson hasn't necessarily had takeaways per se, but his tackling has improved. And so as long as you can come up and consistently tackle Green Bay's pass catchers, and then maybe as you condense coverage, get Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball into tight, condensed windows. We're seeing now that it's looking like the Bears are start, starting to round into that takeaway form just a bit more, just with the, the attitude their defense attacks things with. That's why I think the bye week came at a good time because I think that the Bears, and their defense is good every week, but they, they attacked that game against Minnesota in a way where they, they were just saying, regardless of what the offense does, we're going to will this team to victory. The special team steps in trying to will that team to victory, and they were playing with that extra heartbeat, and it still wasn't enough. See Danny Trevathan chasing the ball from behind, punching it out. See defensive backs all over the place laying the wood. You see everyone swarming around Dalvin Cook. And so to not come up with a win when you're playing that hard, that fast, that much urgency and aggression, yeah, I think having a, a week away from things to, to sort of digest it, 
to, as Eddie Jackson breaks things down, say, hey, offense, we got your back. It's one thing to say it right there in the moment, but then when you have to sort of recharge and re-energize and be ready for the following game right away, maybe it's hard to get back up for that next one. I think the bye week came at a good time for the Bears, and they will, I, I believe, have themselves ready for Sunday night defensively to get that pass rush humming against Rodgers and as they try to quicken his process. And I don't think it requires blitzing to do it. I think you, you find some timely blitzes. Roquan has been spectacular in every way the Bears have used him. Add him to the pass rush in key moments. But overall, play some coverage and see if you can get him to throw in the tight windows and force those receivers to make contested grabs. So there are some ingredients to victory. Let me add another one in. I'm excited for this game, and, and I'm, I know that I'm a bit on an island on this. I believe in some of the things that you can't quantify. Had this game happened a week ago, I would not give the Bears any chance, nor would I really give them, give them any hope. When the Packers lost that game last week, it thrust the Bears back into the playoff picture. The entire NFC North did the Bears a solid, and the Lions continue to keep doing the Bears a solid. How is Matt Patricia still coaching? Anyway, had the Packers won their game, they'd be head and shoulders above the rest of this division. Now, the Bears have it right in front of them. You win this game, you're a game back with a game to play and a game in hand. You can start dreaming again about the playoffs, and I think that we're headed towards, like, if this thing with Baltimore and Pittsburgh continues to get delayed, I think we're headed towards week 18. What does that mean? That means an, another spot opens up in the playoff window. It'd be eight teams per side instead of seven teams, no buy. The Bears have a chance, and with the Rams winning last week, that actually helps the Bears, too. Because the Bears have a tiebreaker over Tampa, which is weird to say, but it's the truth. So there's a lot of things that are conspiring to give the Bears hope going into this game, including the fact that that team really likes Mitch. And I'm sure that they were like, man, this is what they replaced Mitch with? They, they replaced him with Nick Foles? The added dimension of his offensive game makes sense. Like, it it makes sense for there to be some excitement about him coming in and playing. I give them a chance. I, I don't think going – had it been last week, I would not have given them a chance. I give them a chance in this one. I think that they their preparation this week should have been tight and crisp and and they should have been in there – excited about this opportunity instead of dreading it if they're going into this game with the Packers being eight and two and having a three-game lead in the division I think you're probably dreading it knowing that you have a chance to jump right back into the race to win the division should give them the necessary motivation that they need for this game the X's and O's to me aren't really that important that's why I haven't spent a ton of time on the X's and O's I'm curious to see what Mitch has learned, if anything, and if he will play more within himself. I also want to know if Matt Nagy has learned something. Play to the strengths of the guy that's playing quarterback for you. Don't make things too complicated. They don't have to be. 
it's all right to win ugly and it's all right to cut the field in half and allow that guy to flourish that way. So here's your opportunity. There are two guys here that can show me what they've learned. What have you learned? And can you apply it? I'll be on the air Monday. Talk about it all. I'll probably go on Twitch. If you're on Twitch, follow me at Lawrence W. Holmes. I'm going to see if I can do a live during halftime or maybe during the game. Do something like that. All right. Let's see if the Bears can pull this one out. If they did, it would mean a lot. And it would make things fun over the last month of the season. You win football games in December, you're probably going to the playoffs. I know this game isn't technically in December, but you know what I mean. Thanks for listening.